0: Yeah, come on. Give the Lord praise tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you very much. And thank you for the beautiful praise to the Lord that you give. Because only he is worthy of glory and honor. I want to just very quickly bring to you a few words together because the Word of God is so rich. That's why it is so important to be filled with the Word of God. We have to breathe it. We have to eat it. We have to drink it. We have to sleep it. We have to live it. That's what our lives ought to be. Because we are followers of Christ, and we desire to walk in complete and total obedience to the Word of God. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. But then we also know that the Word of God says, God does not look At the outward appearance, but at the heart of man. Because that which the heart is filled with shall overflow. In other words, you can try and live one thing and say one thing, but I'm telling you there will come a time when you are pressured and that which you have inside is what will come in. If you're filled with the word of God, you will be like a sponge. Whatever presses against this sponge, only the word will flow out. In that way, you will speak words of life and not words of death in life. So the psalmist goes on and he says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart today. Try me, O Savior, and know my every thought, I pray. Then he goes back to Psalms 19, verse 14, and he says, May the words of my mouth be acceptable, and my thought lives be acceptable unto thee. You see, as Christians, our life is a life of faith. We live a faith life. And to be able to build our faith, we have to have the word of God. How else will we know what to do to build our faith? Because the word says very clearly, for faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So if you want to live a faithful life, if you want to live an overcoming faith life, listen to the word of God. Get it in your heart. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your very being. Hear the word. Speak the word. And walk the word. And you will have an overcoming life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm looking for the brother that's on the keyboard, the worship leader. Do you have your telephone with you? I have a word for you from the Lord. Come stand here so that I can see you. I don't know you. I've never met you. I do not know your name. I've seen you for the first time today. But this is what I hear the Spirit of the Lord says. There is coming a new season in your life. There is coming a new sound in your music. I do not know whether you write music, whether you can read music. I know none of those things. But God says he's going to put a new song in your heart. And it's going to be a song that is going to awaken you in the night where he will pour out new songs, new melodies, new lyrics into your spirit. And when you can bring it into a song, he will bring people to you that will be able to help you but God says he has a new powerful song for you to sing. He has a new sound that will enter into the presence of God. As you lead the people in worship, that sound will be like a sound from the beautiful wind of the Holy Spirit that will blow through this entire congregation, and it will usher you into the presence of the Lord. And God says, when I awake you at night, do not be concerned about the sleep and the rest that you give up, because I will replenish it to you in a marvelous way. But I have called you for a time such as this, to be one of my instruments to bring in the revival fires into this uh, state of Alaska. And God says he's going to anoint you with a fresh anointing. These hands must do nothing else but worship God. These hands have to be hands of holiness. That will be lifted to the heavenlies. You will worship God and you will worship Him in spirit and in truth, saith the Lord.
1: Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, give him praise, give him praise, Jesus. Hallelujah, stand to your feet. The presence of God is in this house. Come on, let the mantle fall upon you tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I need 10 people. Ten people right now that's hungry for God. Run down here quickly, quickly, quickly. Only ten, only ten. In the name of Jesus. Come on. I need some ushers. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Quickly, I need some ushers. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Power, 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 power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Power, power. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Power, 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 power. Come on, give God praise. Yes. Power. Jesus, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Here it is. Here it is. Jesus, Jesus. Hamboroba yeah. Double horns. Hamboroba hey. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Hamboroba <laughs> saha Try to be seated for a little while. (laughs) Just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands all over this place. And let me hear your sound of worship to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. There's power in this house tonight. I said there's power in this house tonight. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless God. Try to be seated again. Tonight, I want to speak to you on the subject, we need the glory, because without the glory and the presence and the power of God, we have nothing to offer. I want you to turn with me, please, to Second Kings chapter 4. I'm probably just going to share a few thoughts. There's such a presence of God here. I believe tonight people are going to be healed. People are going to be delivered. People are going to be set free. People are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Others are going to be anointed with fresh oil. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse number 8. As we consider the thought, We need the glory. I do believe that this message has the potential of changing your life, changing your ministry, and changing your destiny forever. I do believe that it is a message of hope, and it's a message of revelation. As we proceed through the several verses of Scripture that I have, directed you to you will find in the verses that there are three main characters and we will get to the word in just a moment as I will take you through the scriptures but as we do and we begin in verse number 8 you will find these three main characters and let them give them let me give them to you real quickly first of all you will find elisha Then secondly, you're going to find about a a mother in these scriptures. And then you're going to find her son. Three main characters, Elisha, a mother, and a son. And I'm going to apply these three characters to biblical typology. First of all, Elisha as a type of the glory or the presence of God. When we consider the aspect of glory, I want you to bear in mind that glory is also expressed as the weightiness of God, like oil. It also means through the glory of God that it is tangible. And like I said, the glory of God can be compared to weightiness. It's almost like oil, the substance of oil. But it's also expressed when we talk about the weightiness of God is like when we talk about somebody that has authority we say things like this man or this woman carries much weight around here. It got nothing to do with how little or large they are. Got nothing to do with that. It carries an authority. Now, gl- the glory in the Old Testament is the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. So we're going to use Elisha as a type of the glory or the presence. of. Of God. Then we're going to use the mother as a type of the church, the local expression of the body of Christ. And then thirdly, we're going to use the son as the type of a church member. So tonight we're going to use typology to express the word of God. Elisha, the presence of God. The mother, a type of the church, and the son, a type of the church member. Now, let's get into the Word. First, uh, rather, Second Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse 8, and I will stop every now and again, so feel free to keep your Bibles open, whether it's the hard copy or whether it's on your iPad or your iPhone or whatever it may be. Verse number 8. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunab, it says. A wealthy woman lived there. Everybody say, a wealthy woman. And she urged him. Everybody say, urged. urged. She urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there For something to eat. Verse number 9 says, so she said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. The King James Version says, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. People receive you to be what they perceive you to be. Let me say that again. People receive you to be what they perceive you to be. You don't have to tell people who you are. They can see who you are. I want to say it this way. If you have to tell people you're a christian then probably you're not they have to see the fruit in your life they see they have to see the life of christ in you verse 10 says let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Now let me pause there for a moment. Don't focus your attention now just on Elijah the man or the woman as being a woman. I want you to consider Elisha as the presence or the glory of God. And again, the mother is a type of the church. And the church is saying, we need to make room for the anointing. We have to make room for the glory. We have to make room for the presence of God. Let's build a room. When it says let's build a room, it means we've got to make an effort. It's not just going to happen by itself. We have to make room, and I want to say the church today has to make room for the presence and the power and the glory of Almighty God. Let's make provision with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay. (laughs) Don't miss that. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. I want to say to you today, ladies and gentlemen, I thank God for visitation. But I do believe what we really need is habitation. Visitation means that he comes and he goes. But we don't want the glory to come and to go. We want the glory to habitate. We want the glory to stay. We want the presence of God to remain. We are tired of this little spurts of His presence. We need a mighty deluge of power from on high. The tangible manifest presence of God where people will know and recognize that God is in the house. One day, Elisha came and he went up to the upper room to rest. And he said to his servant Gehazi, I'm in verse 11, Tell the woman from Shunan, I want to speak to her. And when she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, We appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? You see, ladies and gentlemen, we don't only want to have the presence of God in the house. We want the release of the glory and the presence of God. What do you what can we do for you? You see when God and this is so amazing, when God shows up, And the glory of God is in the house. Needs are met. Marriages are restored. Futures are determined. Miracles happen. Blind eyes open. Deaf ears begin to hear. When the holy presence of God shows up in the church, we know that we won't only just have a great time, but By and through the glory of God, we will experience the miracle power of His presence and He will provide in ways that nobody else can ever provide for us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. I like the way the King James Version says it. It says, I am known by the king. Or it implies that. I'm known by the king and commander. I don't need you to speak a good word for me. It's almost like she says, I'm already friends with the king. Uh, I, I, I'm already in a good relationship with the, with the commander of the army. I, 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 I don't need you to speak to that. Because, you see, we read previously, she was a very wealthy woman. She lived on that, in that status. She met with them. She rubbed shoulders with them. She, she uh, had meals with them, I'm sure. So she didn't have to be introduced to them whatsoever. So later, Elisha asked Gehazi, but what can we do for her? And Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son. Wow. Here is a woman of wealth and worth. She runs with the king and with the commanders. She has everything that she needs. But she doesn't have a son. Typology Here is the church, and the church may have all that it needs, but until we have children born into the kingdom of God, we're still poor. We have to have children born into the kingdom of God. It's We should not, please listen to me, church. It's not just a matter of inviting the glory and the presence of God into our midst. But when the glory and the presence of God is there, what we really need is to go out and make sure that we win people to Christ, that we win souls. Because if we don't see any children born into the kingdom of God, We have still not reached anything. All we are doing is, please hear me. I say that with grand permission, and pardon me for saying this, but many times it seems like we are wasting the presence of God on ourselves just to feel good. But we're not doing anything to see children saved and born into the kingdom of God. The true expression of the presence of God is a desire to have a child. Reminds me of when Peter and John went to to the temple at the hour to pray. And a man was sitting there and he, he asked for alms. And they looked at him and they said, silver and gold, we have None. But what we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. It almost seems to me like today the church no longer can say, Silver and gold have I none. I'm not saying we don't need money and we don't need offerings. But if you compare it to the time of Peter and John, we have carpeted floors, we have padded pews, we have lights, we have sound system, we have air conditioning. We've got all kinds of good things. It's almost like we cannot say, silver and gold have I none. But the problem is, neither can we say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. It is time for us to rise up and do the greater works of God and say in the name of Jesus we're going to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. We may not be able to say silver and gold have I none but neither can we say we in the name of Jesus rise up and walk. It is time for us to take the command and say to the lame walk for the dead to rise for blind eyes Eyes to open and deaf ears to hear and cripples to walk in the name of Jesus for crutches to fly through the air and wheelchairs to be emptied and I can declare unto you it's coming back to the church again but we're going to have to invite the glory and the presence and the power of Almighty God. Somebody help me shout And give God praise tonight. Please please be seated for a while. Verse 15 says, call her back again. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time you will be holding a son in your arms." And when the glory of God reveals a promise, it's going to happen. No, my Lord, she cried, oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. Verse 17 says, but sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son. Just as Elisha had said. Casey Wasilla, listen to me. You're at the verge of the greatest breakthrough in the history of this church. When the church is going to be built on the hill and the cross is going to be raised up, And the beam of light is going to penetrate the darkness. There's going to be a release of the glory and the presence and the power of God. And children are going to be born into the kingdom of God. And you're going to see more people saved than you have ever seen before. You're going to see wayward children coming home. You're going to see unsaved family getting saved. You're going to see miracles happen. You're going to see cancers dry up and tumors fall out And you're going to see the glory and the presence and the power of Almighty God When the presence is in the house, when the glory is in the house Miracles are going to happen Oh come on, somebody give the Lord praise tonight So now we have it. Elisha, the presence, the mother, the church, and now the church member shows up. The church member is born. A new generation begins. And now there is hope for a destiny, and there is hope for a future. But then, a tragedy happened. Verse 18, I don't know how old the child was, but verse 18 says, One day, when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the harvesters. Now, I want you to see this. Again, I have no idea of how old this child was, but it seems in the context that he, he wasn't allowed to go out to the harvest fields with his dad at an early age. You read it in context when it said, when the child was older, it meant, really meant that it, when the ch- not when the child was little, the child... Had grown somehow. I, I don't know, it could be early teens. Let it, let it be whatever it may. I don't want to read into it what's not written. Amen. But I can imagine, and, and and again, it's my imagination, it's not in the Bible. Building my own story. I'm preaching to allow me to preach whatever I feel like preaching, all right? <laughs> but, but listen to the context. I can imagine how often that child would look out through the window. And as that young boy was looking through the window, he probably longed to be out on the field very often. And probably his mom didn't want him to go, probably said something to him like, son, I don't want you to go out into the field, because your birth was supernatural. You should not have been there. But something happened, and you were born. I, 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 want, I want you to grow up a little bit more. I want you to become a little older before you go out onto the field. I want to say to you in the same way, the church is there to protect and nurture the newborn babes in Christ and protect them and let them understand that the birth in Christ is a miracle. To be, to be born again is something very special. It's not anything that needs to be taken lightly. Train them, nurture them, protect them. No, no, hold back. The time will come. And the church is there to protect and nurture the newborn that they don't go out back into the sinful world, but to protect them and grow up first and become strong. Nevertheless, verse 18 says, he went out, went into the field. and Verse 19 says, suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. No idea what was happening. I don't know if he had some kind of a stroke. I don't know if it was heat stroke or whatever it is. The Bible doesn't say. All we know that something happened. And he was crying out, my head hurts, my head hurts. And here is the dilemma that we face today, that when people get away from the church and they get into the world, then suddenly their minds are contaminated with what's going on in the world. And they cry out and say, my head, my head, because that's where it begins. It begins in the mind. It begins in the head. That's why when confusion comes in and they begin to assimilate with other things and on the harvest fields of the world, they get in touch with drugs and all kinds of things and they think that's the solution, that's the answer. But what we truly need is not the world. What we need is the presence and the power and the glory of Almighty God. My head, my head, we are in our minds contaminated many times with the sinful things. The father had enough sense and said to one of the servants, "Carry him back to his mother. I don't know the father was God honoring God fearing, but this man had a lot of wisdom. Somehow he said, Take this church member back to church. This is not where he belongs. Over here he is backsliding. Over here, something is getting a hold of him. Over here, his mind is contaminated. Over here, there's something that's affecting his life. Take him back to this church because this church member does not belong on the harvest fields of the world. He belongs in church. Somebody take him back to the church. I'm saying to you tonight, it's going to happen. I've already said earlier on, you're going to see how how children are going to come back to the church? How your children are going to come back to the church? How your family are going to come back to the church? I am saying that, but I am also prophesying that it's going to happen. They're going to come back to the church. You may be struggling with your child right now. You may be struggling with your son, but I'm saying to you, you may be struggling with your daughter, but I'm saying to you something is going to make them come back to the church and when they come back to the church, something is going to happen. So they carried them back to church. That's what verse 20 says. So the servant took him home And his mother held him on her lap. Can I say this very kindly? The church has to make room for them to come back home. And when they come back home, They may not look like you want them to look. And they may not dress the way you want them to dress. Some of them may not even smell like you want them to smell. Regardless of what it may be, the church has to make room for them. I'll never forget when we had a great move of God and so many people came to Christ. I was standing in our fellowship hall one evening. I think there was a men's event going on or something and there were a lot of men and young guys. And I know that this one family had a great big struggle with their two sons, but especially one of them. They had a big problem with him. He was out in the world on drugs and all kinds of things. He hadn't been to church for the longest time. And I was standing there in the fellowship hall just looking at what was going on. I was just standing about, what, probably six, eight feet inside the door, the big fellowship hall. And I heard somebody behind me say, Hello, Pastor. I turned around. It was this young man. He looked horrible. Pardon me for saying it like that. His hair was long and matted probably in four or five different colors. He had uh, earrings or studs in his nose, in his lips, in his ears, and heaven alone knows where else. His clothes looked shabby. His eyes were dull. I looked at him, and at first I almost did not recognize him. But then he tried to smile, and he said what his name was. And Obviously, I then knew exactly who he was. I walked over to him. I threw my arms around him. And I'm just going to call him Jeremy for now. That was not his name. I embraced him and I hugged him and I said, Jeremy, welcome home, my son. I am so glad you came home tonight. That boy put his head on my shoulders and actually he did not smell good. It was the reek of alcohol, and I don't know what else, drugs, I don't know, but he didn't smell good, but he didn't put me off. I just hugged him and held him as he was sobbing and shaking. That next Sunday morning, Jeremy was one of the first ones to show up for church, clean cut and changed by the power of God. They're coming home, church. I'm saying they're coming home. The drunks are coming home. The alcoholics are coming home. The drug addicts are coming home. The sick, the lame, the way, the weary are coming home. And when they come home, embrace them, love them, make room for them. Let's sit down again for a little while. And the story goes on. Verse 20 says, So the servant took him home, and his mother held him on her lap. But around noon time, he died. Wow. This is a tragedy. He's back in church. And he dies. we got to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, because oftentimes they come back to church and people are dying sitting in our pews. They're dying on our worship teams. They're dying in our youth groups. They're dying in our life groups. They're dying in our children's and our youth ministries. There's something wrong. Why are they in church, but they are dying? They are rubbing shoulders with us, but they're dying. That's the tragedy of the moment If we're not careful, we're going to lose a whole generation. But at Casey Wasilla, we are determined, we are not going to lose this battle. We are going to make sure that the people don't die. Sitting on the church pew, dying. Sitting in our rooms, dying. Sitting in our ministries and dying. We're not going to allow that. But what is the dilemma? Why did this happen? Verse 21 says, she carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Then she shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband. Send one of the sermons and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why? Why? She realized. Have you got it? Elisha was no longer there. The presence of God was no longer there. And because the presence of God was no longer there, her child died. In the church... In the absence of the presence of God, people are dying. But we've got to become as desperate as this woman and say, we're not going to leave it there. We're not going to mourn. We're not going to arrange for a funeral. We're not going to call the quits. This, this may be terrible, but we may we may not miss this moment. And so we're going to say, hang on, hang on. While some may have died, we're going to go after the glory. We're going to go after the presence. We're going to go after the power of God. We may lock him up in the room and say, leave it there. But we know a miracle is going to happen because I know that I know when the glory comes back, life is going to come back. When the presence is is going to come back. Miracles are going to happen. So please help me to get to the man of God, she says. Her husband says, why go today? It's neither new moon or a festival or a Sabbath. It's not church time. It's not Sunday. Why do you want to go to the man of God today? There's nothing special. You know, the the world cannot understand you. They don't know why you go to church on Sunday morning, then you go back on Sunday night, and then you come back on Wednesday night, and sometimes on Monday and Tuesday, and Thursday, Friday and Saturday also. They, they, they don't understand that. They say to you, it's not Sunday. You're supposed to go to church on Sunday. No, 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 no. We go to church every day. Every time the days are, the, the doors open, we go. If there's a life group, we go. Whatever's going on, we go. No, no, no. We are not bound by festivals or, or Sabbath days or Sundays, we need the presence of God every day of our lives. We're going to seek for Him every day of our life, Not only Sunday, but also Monday, also Tuesday, and every day of the week, we're going to go after Him. So I'm not going to only go after God on Sunday morning. We're not only going to go when there's a worship team. I'm going to go to God when I wake up in the morning. I'm going to go to God all through the day. I'm going to seek after Him the whole day, the whole week, because it's got nothing to do by going to church, but it's got everything to do with going after the glory and the presence and the power of God. Therefore, I say to you, the responsibility of the presence and the power of God does not rest on Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen and the leadership team alone. It depends on every believer that needs to go after the power and the presence and the glory of God. Don't wait for somebody else to call in the glory. The church has to go after the glory. Who is the church? It's not the building. It's not the denomination. It's not an organization. It's people. The people, the church has to go after the glory of God. And she's in a hurry. She does not want to be stopped. She says, it's okay. She says, you won't understand. world doesn't understand. But you and I know what it means. Verse 24 So she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, hurry, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. That's what the Bible says. What does that mean? It means she is determined. Nothing is going to stop her. I want to say, church, don't let anything stop you for getting the glory of God back in the house. I am not suggesting that you... Do not have glory in this house. I've seen the presence of God. Here we've experienced it tonight. I'm not suggesting that you are poor in the glory of God, but I'm saying to you there is more. And we have to go after the more. As she approached the man of God, verse 25, at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, Look, the woman of Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, Is everything all right with you? Your husband? Your child? Everybody okay? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, Everything is fine. Why is he saying that? Because Gehazi is not the solution she's got to get to the glory sometimes we take substitutes so we're going to talk about that again i need to hurry i can say much more about that Verse 27. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone. She's deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, That I ask you for a son. Then I say, Don't deceive me and get my hopes up. Then Elisha said to Gehazi, get ready to travel, gird up your loins, take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. Sounds so good. Sounds so holy. But the mother the church said, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. Me, Oh my God, we've got to come to the place where we are so desperate for the presence of God that we would not look at some other opportunities and not settle for some religious something or some emotional experience, but press on until we get the glory of God back again. Verse 31, well, let me say, so Elisha returned with her and Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face. But nothing happened, what the Bible says. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him, the child is still dead. D E D, dead. I know you don't spell it like that, but he was dead. <laughs> it's no wonder because substitutes do not work. We have tried the substitutes long enough now. They don't work. The child is still dead. Verse 32 says when Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead. Lying there on the prophet's bed. Elisha went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body. Don't miss this. He put his weight on the child's body. Remember that I told you in the introduction that glory it's the weightiness of God. So when Elisha came back, the weightiness of the glory rested upon the church member. I want to say to you, when I talk about this, I am talking about the tangible, felt presence of God. When no one can deny that God is in the house, and it's not driven by emotion, it's not driven by man, but it is driven by the Holy Spirit. And when nobody can deny that the weightiness, the oil of the Holy Spirit anointing is resting upon the congregation, and those that have been dead come alive, they. Come alive because of the Holy Spirit, because of the glory, because of the presence of God. And He placed His mouth on the child's mouth, His eyes on the child's eyes, and His hands on the child's hands. I want to say again God, infiltrate our minds, anoint our eyes, anoint our ears, anoint our mouths, so that we can speak. The oracles of God. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Oh. God we need the warmth the glow of the Holy Spirit the warmth and the glow of the glory and the presence of God Elisha got up walked back and forth across the room and then stretched himself out again on the child and this time the boy sneezed seven times and he opened his eyes oh thank God life came back to the church life came back to the Church. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi, called the child's mother, call the church. And when she came in, Elisha said, Here, take your son. The presence creates the atmosphere for resurrection. Oh, I wished I had time to talk to you about atmosphere but all i want to say right now is atmosphere is important because in the same atmosphere some things can live while at the same time other things die in the same atmosphere some bacteria grows but in some in the same atmosphere the bacteria die in the atmosphere of the church when there is an atmosphere of the glory and the presence of God. Gossip begins to die. Scandal begins to die. Dissension begins to die. Sin begins to die. But in the very same atmosphere in the glory and the presence and the power of God souls are saved. People are filled with the Holy Spirit, miracles happen and glorious things explode because of the presence and the power of God in the atmosphere. That's why, to me, it's very important that the church has corporate time of praise and corporate time of worship and corporate time of prayer because there's something about the corporate anointing. Yes, we can be anointed in our homes, we can be anointed in our bedrooms we can be anointed in our cars and I would suggest that you do that, create the atmosphere but there is nothing like the corporate praise and the corporate prayer and the corporate power of worship, there is nothing like that when the church comes together and we are united, that's when the glory of God comes, that's where the atmosphere begins to change that's when miracles begin to happen, that's when people run and fall into the altar and begin to cry and say, what must I do to be saved? We need to create an atmosphere with the glory and the presence and the power of God. I better stop preaching. I think I preached a long time. But I want to say tonight in this house we're going to release the presence and the power and the glory of God but please listen to me when there was death in the house the mother didn't stand on the front porch and say I so wish Elisha will come back. I so wish that he will return. No, no, no. The Bible says she, the church, went after the presence and the power and the glory and invited him back into the house. Again, I'm not suggesting that there's an absence of the presence of God in this house. But I am saying there is more. And you're at the verge of the greatest breakthrough in the history of this church. But the only way we can get there is when we invite the glory and the presence of God to be in there. Tonight it's about me, it's about you. Not about your husband or your wife or your children or your parents or your friends. It's about you. It's about everyone. As a matter of fact, I want you to lift your hand just a little like this, not all the way up, just like this, and just pat yourself on the chest and say, it's all about me. Come on, just, just go like that. Just say, it's about me. I'm going to have to pursue God. Not my pastor's job. Not my spouse's job. It's not my parents' job or my child's. It's my job. I have to go after Him. And I can tell you, if that's going to happen, there's no room for all the people that will flood the church and seek after God. I'm going to ask right now, for those people in this congregation tonight that will say, you can count on me. I'm going hard after God. I'm going to see His presence. I'm going to chase after Him. I'm going to chase after Him until I get Him back into my life, into my home and into my church. If that's you, there are people already standing. Just stand to your feet. I'm going to ask every person now that is standing, come down here. Stand up close to me. Stand up close to the platform. Don't stand in the corners. Start here in the center, in the middle, and stand close, stand close, stand close. My friend, great breakthrough is coming to your life. God sees the yearning and the cry of your heart, and you have become desperate. And the glory of God is going to rise and fall upon you. Miracles are going to happen. They're coming home. They're coming home in the name of Jesus. They're coming home. This is a glorious moment. This is a glorious opportunity. to get close to you. Can I say again, I cannot, I I should not be calling upon God on your behalf. Nobody else should be able or should not do it. You as an individual, everyone. So lift your hands way high. Lift up your head. I want you now to start off by telling God why are you standing here. Open your mouth and say it. Don't think it. Say it. In the name of Jesus. God, I'm standing here because I desire. And then tell God why are you standing here right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Speak to God right now. Lord, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for your glory. I'm hungry for your presence. I'm hungry for the anointing. God, I'm reaching out to you tonight. On behalf of myself, my children, my family, I want you to come back into my house. I want you to come back into my life. I'm going to go hard after you, Lord, and no one. And nothing is going to hold me back. Nothing is going to hold me down. Speak to God. Speak to Him. Hallelujah. Yes, let the tears flow. God understands the message of the tears. Now if you have unsaved children or unsaved family, I want you to call upon God and call them in. Call them in. Come on, pray loud now. Call them in in the name of Jesus. Call them in. In the name of Jesus. Call them by name. John, Mary, Jimmy, Richard, Susan. Come, come back. Oh, hallelujah. Just call upon him. Call their names. Mention their names. Call in your children. Call in your family in the name of Jesus. Now quickly join hands with the people standing next to you. Everybody pray this prayer out loud after me, please everybody say out loud father Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit and I ask Lord that your glory your power and your presence will return to my life as never before that your power your presence and your glory become even more evident in our church. We thank you for what we have. We thank you for what we're experiencing. But we realize there's more. And this evening, we want to be part of the more. We ask for a revival. We ask for a spiritual breakthrough. We, pray, we ask for a great awakening in the state of Alaska, right here in Wasilla. I make myself available. And tonight, say it tonight, I'm going after you, God, with all and everything that I have. Now keep those hands joined, lift them heavenward, and begin to pray God for a revival a revival and wassala pray for a revival breakthrough great awakening that's right pray pray oh hallelujah oh save people filled with the Holy Spirit Miracles happening. Marriages restored. Children saved. Hallelujah. Now begin to worship him in the spirit. Come on. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray out loud. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pray. invite the presence don't be in our come on don't slow down don't get silent just go ahead go after him tonight that's right pray 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 with boldness pray with power pray with faith See the breakthrough. See the breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the Abba, Kasher, Rebbe, Oh, Rebbe Heya. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, keep praying, keep praying. Keep praying. Fresh fire, God, fresh oil anointing, fresh fire, fresh Holy Spirit anointing. In the name of Jesus, greater power than ever before. Hallelujah 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 I'll take your hands down find one person and lay both of your hands on the sides of the head of one person and begin to pray for that person come on lay hands on each other the Bible says When Job prayed for his friends, God answered him. Mighty God, mighty God, release the anointing release the power, release the glory to people's lives right now. Oh God, we give you praise. We give you praise. i will never be the same again lord Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Jesus Miracles Miracles. Hallelujah. Hard after you tonight, sir. There's a great breakthrough coming to your life. I'm speaking to you this way with me. There's a great breakthrough coming to your life. You're in a season of shaking, but God is going to give you growth breakthrough, and God is going to break every chain. God has opened doors and remove shackles. Mountains are going to move and you're going to experience the glorious breakthrough of God as you have never experienced it ever before. And you're not going to lose. You're going to win. You're going to rise up, you're going to break through. This is your season of great restoration great breakthrough and great provision in the name of the lord jesus christ hallelujah now everybody get ready at the count of three i want you to shout louder than you've ever shouted in your life but you've got to shout praise to god i believe in that i believe in that pardon me if it seems like i always do it yeah i do because i believe in that I believe in that corporate binding together So at the count of three Let me hear that shout Here we go One, two somebody a high five and say I'm never going to be the same again. Now please listen to me before you get back to your seats. Listen to me. What we have talked about tonight let it not stay in this building but let each and every one of us chase after God. Run after Him and make sure that we are in the fullness of His glory every day. Not only when we come to church, but every day. In Jesus' name, amen.